Good evening to you from my side. Good to see you. Yes, we are indeed few in number, but we pray that the Lord will have a blessing for us tonight. I'm going to pray in a moment's time. I just want to introduce this series first. Um, so I'm going to be doing my usual meditation, but I'm starting a series on spiritual paradoxes. And we're going to take some passages and meditate through them over the next weeks when I get opportunity to pray, uh, to preach. Um, so, what is a paradox? Well, when we use the word paradox in everyday speech, we, we say it's a statement that seems absurd or, contra or contradictory on the surface. But when understood properly, that statement may prove to be true and, in fact, profound. So that's just general, um, in, in general language, what we would call a paradox. But why does the Bible have paradoxes? We would not necessarily expect to find a paradox in the Bible. Well, a paradox is a way of grabbing our attention and make us think more deeply about a particular truth. They tend to fascinate us and engage our minds. So you can see that a paradox in Scripture is then most suited to a meditation because it's crying out for deep thought, for reflection, and for deep understanding of what, in fact, spiritual truth is in that passage. That's the first reason. The second reason is that spiritual paradoxes are counterintuitive. They don't fit into worldly wisdom, and they therefore demand a decision of faith from us. We have to take a step of faith and trust that what this paradox is teaching us is in fact true and will bring blessing to my life. A spiritual paradox in the Bible asks of us, will you trust and obey Jesus in this area? And so that is why the Bible, I believe, has spiritual paradoxes. Okay, tonight, our first spiritual paradox, finding through losing. You can already see that there's a paradox there. How can you find something by losing it? Let's read together Matthew 16, verses 24 to 26. This is from the New King James Version. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Let's pray together. Our Lord Jesus, you spoke these very words over 2,000 years ago 
deep, profound truths, we would simply ask tonight that you would speak these words again into our hearts with great power, that your word would have its way in our lives, that you would conquer every rebel thought in us and draw us to yourself. Would you do this in the power of the Spirit? We ask it in your name. Amen. Okay, so let's get into this passage. First heading, let's just clearly identify the paradox or the puzzle in this verse. Look in verse 25. The paradox is stated in two different ways. Whoever loses, sorry, verse 25, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his, li his life for my sake will find it. In other words, if you want to save your life, you are going to lose it. But if you lose your life, you are then going to find it. In other words, the way to find your life, according to the Lord Jesus, is by losing it. And that obviously is a bit of a paradox, and it seems contradictory to us. But it certainly does grab our attention, doesn't it? What does it mean to lose my life? How do I lose my life? And then what am I going to find if I've just lost it? And so we need to work our way through this paradox. But there it is. Whoever loses his life for my sake, he will find it. So the second heading, that was quick. The paradox explained. This is going to be a bit of a longer heading. We are now going to work through this passage and try and unpack and make this paradox clear so we can understand what the Lord Jesus is saying to us. The first thing that we're going to see is that the Lord Je Jesus teaches us that there are conditions to becoming a disciple of Christ. There are conditions. Let's start in verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if. So that is a conditional word, not automatic. If anyone desires to come after me. So there are now going to be a series of three, in fact, conditions. And the Lord Jesus is clear. If anyone desires to come after me, let him do these three things. So there are three conditions that the Lord Jesus sets out here. Condition number one, let him deny himself. In other words, let that person who wants to follow after me, let him turn away from a self-determined life. Let him turn away from a life where he sets his or she sets their own goals, ambitions, and desires. If you want to come after me, 
you have to deny yourself, you have to turn away from a self-determined life. Condition number two. And he must take up his cross. Yes, a cross does mean that we must be willing to endure hardship and difficulties for following Christ. But a cross was much more than that, isn't it? In the New Testament times, when you took up a cross, you were only going one place, and that was to your death. So what the Lord Jesus is saying here, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself, and you must take up your cross. You must be prepared to suffer difficulties and hardship for my name's sake, even to the point where you will be prepared to give up your life for me. That's condition number two. In other words, living your life here on earth the way you want to live it, doing the things you want to do, you have to give that up. You have to, in fact, be willing to endure difficulty and hardship so that living your life here on earth the way you want to cannot be your highest priority. You have to set that aside if you would come after me. Third condition, he says, and then you must follow me. That speaks of commitment, a continual following after Christ wherever he may lead you in your life so that you obey his voice above all others. A commitment to follow him for the rest of your life. So, to become a Christian or a disciple or a follower of Christ is not automatic. It does not cost you nothing. It costs you everything. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The reasons for these conditions. So why, why is there these conditions? Look at that verse in verse 25, that word for. In other words, this is now the reason, the Lord Jesus is saying, this is the reason why there are conditions for following me. And those are quite tough conditions. And so we're going into the, the paradoxical statement now. So hold on to your chairs and let's go. We're going to unpack it um, stage by stage. Four, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So let's start here. For whoever desires to save his life, what does that mean? What does it mean for somebody who has a desire to save their life? Well, it is clear from the previous context. What it means, if you want to save your life, you are not prepared to deny yourself. You want to keep 
your hand on the reins and control of your life. You want to be in control of what you do. You want to have the ability to pursue your own dreams, your ambitions, your goals, the way you want to, when you want to, and however you want to. That's what it means to save your life. And you are not prepared to endure hardship and difficulties for the Lord Jesus Christ. You spare yourself those things. You are not prepared to take up a cross. And you are not prepared to follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. Your life here on earth is precious to you. And you want to have self-determination to do what you want to do, when you want to do it, in whatever manner you want to. That is how people in the world are living their lives at the moment. They are trying to save their life and they are not prepared to meet those conditions. This interpretation is correct because the Lord Jesus goes on to explain what he means. For he says, what is it going to profit a man if he gains the whole world? So trying to save your life means that you are trying to preserve your life in this world the way everybody lives their lives, self-determined, seeking your own dreams, desires, and your goals in the way that you want to. So you can see that as we start this paradox, whoever desires to save his life in this world or from this world's perspective, then something is going to follow. The Lord Jesus says, well, then you are going to lose your life. What does he mean by this? Again, in verse 26, he explains exactly what he means by this. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? The Lord Jesus is speaking about the destruction of your soul in hell. That thing which is most precious and valuable to us, our own soul, which we are to value above all things, you are going to lose that in hell eternally. And so whoever desires to save his life in this world He's going to lose his life eternally. That is what the Lord Jesus is saying. But in contrast, he's going to restate the, parag the paradox now in the opposite way. Let's have a look at that. But in contrast, whoever loses his life for my sake, so what exactly does it mean to lose your life? Because this is it. This is the crux of the paradox which the Lord is teaching us now. 
You need to lose your life if you are going to find it. Well, we have to go over the text again. That is what a meditation is. You go over the text a few times in your heart to make sure you have really got what the Lord is saying. So let's repeat it. So what does it mean for you to lose your life? What it means is that you are going to deny yourself. You are prepared to hand over your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. There may be things you dream about doing, things you want to pursue, goals, desires that you want to do in your time, when you want to do it, how you want to do it, and you are actually prepared to give that up to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you lose your life. And you are prepared to take up his cross. You are prepared to suffer for his name's sake and to endure hardship for him. That is how you lose your life. And not only that, you have a commitment to him to follow him all the days of your life. That when he asks you to do something difficult or hard, you are prepared to do it. When he asks you to do something you don't want to do, you will obey. That is what it means to lose your life. You deny yourself, you take up your cross, and you follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what it means to lose your life. And you can see that that is the correct understanding of it, as when we looked at the, the first statement in the paradox, you are prepared to give up the whole world. You are not pursuing the things of the world like everybody else is out there. You have a different Lord, you have a different standard, and he's sitting on the throne of your life, not you. And so you have forsaken this world and the things of this world to live for Christ. And so we need to understand, but whoever loses his life in this world or from this world's perspective, if you do that, then something is going to follow. The Lord Jesus promises that you will then find it. You will find it. What exactly does that mean? What that means is that the most precious thing you have, your soul, is not going to go to eternal destruction. You are going to find eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. The life that you were created for, the life that will truly bring you fulfillment and satisfy you, you will find that if you lose your life.
In other words, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it eternally. And so here is a big, busy summary. I know it is busy, but I'm just going to read verse 25 for you with those inserts so that you can clearly understand this paradox and what the Lord Jesus is teaching us. For whoever desires to save his life in this world or from this world's perspective will lose it eternally. But whoever loses his life in terms of this world or from this world's perspective, for my sake, he will find it eternally. And those are the pieces of the puzzle that come together so that we can clearly understand this paradoxical statement and what the Lord Jesus is teaching us. Okay, I mentioned that when there's a paradox, there's always a demand of faith that the Lord Jesus is going to test us with. <clears throat> Do you see what the Lord Jesus is asking of you and of me? It is the Lord Jesus who's asking of it of us because it says whoever loses his life for my sake, not doing it out of an abstract principle or some um, cosmic rule that this is a good thing to do. No, the Lord Jesus says, whoever loses his life for my sake, that is absolutely critical. And so he's asking us to take a step of faith to count the cost, and look what he's asking us to do. He's asking us to lose our lives. That's huge. He's asking you to give up everything as you are born into this world, to give up everything you would naturally want to pursue or treasure or go after in your own way, doing it the way you want to, that, that brings you pleasure or brings you joy naturally to yourself, the Lord Jesus is asking you to give that all up for him. That is a big ask. But it is for his sake, and we have a great savior. There is no way that you and I will do that. Give up everything in this world. You will never do that. And I will never do that unless we see in Christ the glorious, majestic savior. And unless we trust in his promise, we're not just losing our life willy-nilly. We're doing it in pursuit of him and a promise. He says there, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That is a promise. And the only reason you will take that step of faith and you will become a Christian 
and you will take up your cross and follow him is because you trust him. Remember what I said, Jesus in a paradox, the question that is asked of us, will you trust Jesus with your very life? And that's exactly what he's asking us to do. There's another terrifying promise, though, in that paradox. Another promise from the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever desires to save his life, you are going to lose it eternally. It is a promise. It is definite. And it is sure. And that is a horrifying price to pay. To lose your own own soul in hell forever. If you try and save your life, you are going to lose it. If you try and hold on to living your life the way you want to, with you in charge, you are going to lose it. I just want to point out something very important in this passage. I think it's in this modern age of ours that we all want to have the benefits of so many things without it costing us too much. It's like insurance. Okay, so you do have to pay for insurance, but we try and minimize the cost, and we just want to take out insurances for different things so that it doesn't impact our lives too much, right? We want the best of both worlds. We want our cake, and we want to eat it too. And that is the modern approach to Christianity, where Jesus Christ just gets tacked on to your life as an insurance policy against the flames of hell. But you can still live your life the way you want to. You can still do the things that you want to in the way, and nobody can judge me. That is modern Christianity. It's sometimes called the carnal Christian or the lordship debate where it is said even by Christian theologians that you can come to Christ, you can understand that you're a sinner, you can come to Christ as your savior, your sins are washed away, you're going to heaven, but you have not yet submitted to the lordship of Christ and you, can, you actually just carry on living your life the way you were. It hasn't impacted your life much in any way. You're still sitting on the throne of your life. You're doing what you really want to do in the way that you want to do it, when you want to do it, and you don't really have an interest in obeying Christ. This verse strikes at the very heart of the Lordship debate. And it strikes at modern Christianity where the Lord Jesus Christ is just seen as a side insurance policy to keep me out of the flames of hell, but so I can still live my life 
the way I want to, according to my rules. And what the Lord Jesus says here is that that is not possible. Whoever desires to save his life, you hold on to it and you want to do what you want to do. The Lord Jesus says you will lose it eternally. You're not going to heaven. You're not going to heaven. And in this paradox then, the Lord Jesus teaches us something fundamental about what it means to be a Christian. It costs us everything. It's free. You don't have to buy it. But in taking that free gift, it costs us everything. We have to be prepared to lose our lives to him and to commit ourselves to him. It is not an optional extra to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord. It is part and parcel of being a believer, of being a Christian. And if you want to try and save your life and not follow after him, you are going to lose it. Last few slides, and then I will close in prayer. Spiritual growth. The series is called Spiritual Paradoxes for Growth. And you can see that there is a question mark at the end of spiritual growth. And that is there on purpose because Christian growth is not automatic. As you will know, growth can be stunted as we drift away from those things which we initially embraced wholeheartedly. This paradox is key to Christian growth. It is the soil out of which we grow and bear fruit to the Lord. So I just want to close with a few thoughts. Maybe you've reached a stage in your life where you start thinking to yourself, so what actually have I done with my life? What actually have I done with my life? And you ask the question in a bit of a bad way because you look around you and you see maybe people you studied with and they just seem to be prospering so much more than you. They've got more money. Some of them have got careers, um, larger homes. Some of them have received promotions that maybe you haven't received because your priorities have been different. You have focused your life on serving Christ, which means there are certain things you are not prepared to do or compromise. And so everybody else, in terms of the things of this world, progressed. They did well. And you just seem to be left behind. And you don't necessarily have a career. You don't have a degree. Some might, some might not out of how they chose to serve Christ in this world, don't have a massive big pension waiting for me because I, I serve Christ at a poor church, for example. I just want to say one thing to someone like that, if that is you. You have done the most 
precious and valuable thing that you can ever do with the life that God has given you. You have given it back to him and you have forsaken the things of this world for his sake. And there remains the steadfast promise of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will find life. You will find it abundantly and you will find it eternally and you are never going to regret what you have done for his sake. Don't let thoughts like that start stunting your growth and you start panicking and think, now you've got to start making your life in terms of the things of this world, fame or prestige or money. Remember what you initially committed to the Lord Jesus. You lost your life for his sake. Don't try and take it back again and start living for the things of this world. They are not worth it. His promise is sure, and you will never lose out having trusted in him. Perhaps you've started drifting back into the world. The Lord Jesus poses, as we close, he poses this interesting question. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world, that's quite a lot to gain, isn't it? If you just think of all the money in the world and the kingdoms, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? Maybe you started off well. You think when you first became a Christian, reading your Bible was so exciting. Praying was rewarding. Serving you really enjoyed serving others. Going to church, you couldn't wait to go to church. Be with believers, hear God's word, worship. There was excitement. And now all of that has started just, it's worn off. The joy, the anticipation, you've got your focus, your joys and your pleasures have changed so that you much more enjoy making money. You derive much more fulfillment from hobbies and sport. So that serving Christ is almost non-existent in your life anymore. Yes, there is, obviously, we need to earn money to live, to honor God with it. We can enjoy sport, recreation, Are you trying to gain the whole world? Have you forgotten where you started? Have you forgotten where you've started? Because you see, when you start going down that road there to gain the world, you're going down the road where you lose your soul in the end. And so it is just a call to you just to come back to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to close by reading the verse. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. 
whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Let's pray. Our Lord Jesus, you are our greatest treasure. You are Lord of Lords. You are King of Kings. You are above all the riches of this world, above all the thrones of this world. Your glory is greater than all the prestige and fame that this world could offer us. And we have seen in you our glorious, majestic Lord, our God. And we have given ourselves and our lives to you. Please keep us steadfast. Keep us clinging to you. For we know that in you we find true life. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.